Hello. Hi, Merlin. How are you? Good morning. I'm very well. How are you? Doing pretty good. How are you? Pretty good. Ooh, it's wet here. Everything's everything's <clears> wet. <throat> I'm, I took off my pants. It was um. <laughs> like Usually, in, you you take off your pants and then then the wetness happens. Ooh. Mm, hmm. Citation needed. Yeah. Um, yeah. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. yeah. No, it's very, uh, it's it's rainy and uh. very, very humid. It's that kind of humid, I bet you don't get this so much there, where you walk around, you're just like a sponge. It's like living in Florida, kind of, except it's, you know, in the 50s. Ugh. So I'm sitting here with no pants on. Yeah, good. Mm-hmm. I took off my shoes, took off my pants. Uh, I don't normally do that. See, and that's unusual. A lot of people, they, they go pantsless all the time or they wear pajamas. I'm usually wearing, um, you know, informal clothing. Mm-hmm. But I took off my pants. Okay. It's 8.30, it's 8.32 a.m. I don't even care. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So it is, wow, the middle of January. Jumping jihos. Yeah, what do you make of that? I don't know. My kid's uh, off to uh, school sleepaway camp today. Right in mid, midweek like that? Well, the whole class goes, yeah. Why not? Well, it's part of the, the educational process. It's the, I mean, it isn't, it isn't, they're not just smoking weed. I mean... They're not even supposed to bring weed. Really? Nice. It's, I mean, there's all kinds of things you're not supposed to bring. Yeah. Like what she's else? Wearing a, she's wearing an analog wristwatch, uh, like a monster. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's funny. She, um, she, she started on the I got to ask, is it Swiss? I think so. It's, I think it's Timex. It was almost $20. I think that's Swiss. Um, it's, it's, yeah, she started it on is. the I think you're. I think you're right. Well, it's, I mean, does that, is that still meaningful, Dan, to say it's a Swiss watch? Yes, it's very meaningful. Well, what do you think of Timex? Where do you think that's made? Maybe in uh, East Asia? Timex is probably made in Malaysia. Malaysia. That She's got a Malaysian guess, watch. That yeah. sounds very, uh, I don't know, exotic. Yeah? Mm-hmm. No, it's a fun. I'm just going to say, because you're a, you're a horologist. It's funny how she started out with the Fitbit. We got her an Apple watch. And now she really, she likes having a watch where she can look and see what time it is. It's interesting. I it's guess a, a lot little, of people I've, do that. All, all I've been trying to do for my kids is get them to wear watches. That's all mm-hmm. I've been trying to do. That's the only, that's like my legacy as a parent is, is when I'm gone, I'll be able to, you know, be on my deathbed and say, at least I got my kids to wear watches. But so far, no good. Nothing so and far. And in the getting them to wear a watch is... Tell me more about that, because is it a bridge to getting them better about time as something we try to manage? That would be part of it, yes, um, because neither of them ever look at a clock. They don't care about what time it is, unless it's like really close to bedtime, and then they begin the the bargaining routine of oh, how, the clock, the clock lawyers. Yeah, how <laughs> you know? Technically, if I take a really quick shower, I could we could get another three minutes and finish Unbreakable. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of Unbreakable, you know, Kimmy Schmidt. Oh, you're talking about the M Night Shyamalan movie? Yeah, which um, okay. which we watched, and um, I, first of all, I. I was surprised how well it held up even Mm -hmm. in the shadow of all of the Marvel and DC movies that we have now. I was very, very impressed with it. Um, I was a little concerned about um, there. I don't know spoilers, but there's a a scene about two thirds of the way through the movie that involves some unpleasant things, but that was, it wasn't as bad as I remembered it. And it, it was, it was okay. Um, but my son really, really, really enjoyed that movie and loved the twist ending. Uh, so I, I recommend 
recommend that. Especially it's PG thirteen, I think is the rating mm. for the movie. Mm-hmm. So if you're concerned, maybe wait wait till they're thirteen. But uh, for us, it was fine. Um, I feel movie. like your movie advice. You should always add five years. To yeah, it. you're probably right. I can't argue. Logan, that. no problem. No, well, that was that was too much of a stretch. See, but now it, I'm on I'm on the bubble about Logan because I feel like she could handle it. She no, could handle it. No, no, I I did a um I had an error the other night. I should have watched. I should have known. But I was like, you know, let's just check out. We'll do it the uh, well, it varies, but usually like fifteen minute test. Like just try for fifteen minutes. Right. Speed. First of all, she uh, found Keanu, the Keanu Reeves, Sandra Bullock. Van, uh, bus movie. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's and weird. um and um, what's his name? Edward Hopper, the painter, is in it. The um also uh so it starts and the credits. It's a '90s movie, so it has the credits at the beginning, and it's so long. She's like, my she and my wife are both complaining about the credits. I'm like, just chill. It's setting a tone. Right. Please just give the movie a try. Right. And then pro- after the credits end, in I'm going to say probably minute two someone gets very surprisingly stabbed in the side of the head in a very bloody way. And I go, oh, that's over. Menu, menu, menu. We're done here. <laughs> I was like, fine, we'll watch the rest of the development. You have to watch something inappropriate, but it doesn't have to be speed. My God, the rest of the development is so good. Another, uh, we, we watched uh, over the weekend as a family, as a whole family, we watched the Lord of the Rings um, trilogy, <laughs> not the extended version. Oh my god! My kids absolutely <laughs> be good if they had an end. Loved oh it. God. They loved yeah. it. Loved really it. Long. It's all they're talking about now. Hmm. Um, and so I'm sort of trying to find other other movies along those lines to show them. I'm I'm reluctant to show them the Hobbit movies because I loved the Lord of the Rings movies. I didn't love the Hobbit movies, but maybe I maybe that's just that's me. the consensus in my house too. They've they've read the books together, and uh, I think Lord of the Rings or, or the Hobbit or all of them. Let's see. I know they've read the Hobbit. Was the Hobbit one book? It's one book, three. Yeah, movies, one book, like three that. movies. That's right. And they've read some Lord of the Rings. I don't remember how much. I'm not really. They don't invite me to those meetings. <laughs> but my wife in particular was like, mm, "Yeah, I don't know about this Hobbit movie." Yeah, I don't. I don't care for it. Maybe I'm missing out on it. Uh, any of them, but yeah. But uh, so we did start on a on a lark. Uh, the Princess Bride, mm-hmm. which they are also really enjoying. We're halfway oh, through that one. And they were calling it yeah. The Princess and the Bride for mm-hmm. a day or, or so. And I I didn't want to correct them, but finally I had to. It's starting to get Sure, me. you can't live like that. No. I, um, I mean, that's one of those ones where I have learned to doubt myself about whether it's as good as I remember. And I remember even at the time when it came out thinking, my God, this movie looks so cheap. It's really, really, the production <laughs> values yeah, are so very low budget, farcical, like so bad. Yeah. But, um, but in a charming way. And actually, yeah, the whole family likes that movie. Yeah. It's uh, I'd say it holds up in, in, in the fact that it is still very entertaining and still funny and uh, and nothing horrible happens, but the effects are just so bad. You know, you know, our friend uh, Marco likes to say, you know, shocking and alarming things. It's kind of kind of his brand. He said on ATP recently that he could never get into Monty Python just because he feels like he had heard so much of it from his friends impersonating it badly. Like he felt like he'd seen all the movies and TV shows just because of all the bits, and that really sure. turned him off. And I worry that I do that with something like Monty Python or something like Princess Bride. It's so quotable. Someday I'll show the Big Lebowski. Someday. Someday. You know, every morning I wake up 
and I say, is he, is he ready for the big Lebowski? Is this the day? And the the answer has been no every single day until. I mean, to appreciate it, there's, there's so much kind of cultural commentary and 1991-ness to it. Like it's to fully appreciate it. You have to know a little bit of, you know, like what the Eagles meant in the 1970s. Yeah, right. That joke's not going to be funny if you don't remember how the Eagles were everywhere. That's true. For just as one example. Yeah. Or, you know, he would, I think he would just read as a hippie to her in a way that would not really yeah. get at right. the subtlety of his character. That's a very interesting and, and valid point that you make there. I remember I had a, a social studies teacher who would show us all these movies. And uh, of course, this is back in the days of a VCR. Mm-hmm. And so the way they had it was they had the, <laughs> I'm sure you, I, I wonder if they still have they the wheel it in on the cart. Uh, yes. The, the black cart that had the one squeaky roll the flipping one wheel around. Spinning wheel, around. Yeah. <laughs> and they, they bring that thing in and it had, it had for, for kids who were listening that didn't have this, it had everything you'd need for a multimedia experience in the classroom. It had mm-hmm. a TV that, you know, that was it, like a 19 every, inch TV. Yeah. Where a regular a tube CRT TV that was about four feet deep. Yep. <laughs> And the instant you turn it on, it, it would be set to maximum volume and the static would, when you turn it in, someone would have to run over and turn it off. Yeah. And, and it had a VCR on the bottom and, uh, and you would pop your VCR cassette tape into it and you'd hit play and you'd have a wonderful a week of watching a movie. And the one that I remember most vividly from this class was Beckett. Have I talked about this too much? Beckett. Did you ever see the no. movie Beckett? I can't place Can I, it. I, feel, I, know, I, know, I know the name. Um, is it, it is, let me see how it is described. It is 1964 film. Beckett is a 1964 Anglo-American dramatic film adaptation of the play Beckett or the honor of God. Oh yeah. Peter Peter O'Toole was in this as King Henry the second. And I have no memory of this movie at all. But what, what I do remember is whenever he would show these movies in, in the classroom, he would, have a, a person would be assigned because he'd have to sort of be looming in the back of the room. He would have a person assigned to hit the pause button. So uh, he could explain what's happening. So he could explain. And I, I swear every three minutes, pause it, pause, yeah. pause. Yeah. And then, uh, and then the person would hit pause and he'd be like, and then he'd walk up to the front of the class and he had one of those like, pointers. Hey, this doesn't seem important, but that's extremely symbolic that <laughs> he would treat him right. in that particular way. That's right. And he had one of those pointers, you know, the like oh, wooden dowels yeah, with the, the dowel, little, little rubber end, rubber end. bullet on the end. Yeah. And he'd, and he'd, uh, <laughs> and he'd point, he'd point to different things on the screen oh, as God. if to say in this scene, you know, Beckett and he'd point at Beckett because we've only been watching it for two hours where I had no idea who Beckett was yet. Anyway, uh, it just reminds me of, of I, how I, that's that's would be me if I was showing them the, the I, Big Lebowski. That's actually a fantastic example <laughs> of that. I'm trying to think of things we saw in school that I can remember over the years, actual movies. The thing is, I mean, I, I'm the same way where I really want her to watch um, Henry V with me because it's my favorite Shakespeare thing and it's, it's really good. And it's, you don't need a huge amount of explanation. Like you can just kind of go like, oh, my God, he just gave him a box of tennis balls. That's because he thinks he's a child. Oh, my God, sick burn. And there's a little bit of that explanation. <laughs> but it is it's such an outstanding movie. Once we should, once I was shown, I remember we watched Little Big Man, the Dustin Hoffman movie in Drama Club over several sessions. One of the worst was, uh, I want to say, in, in, in the eighth 
eighth or ninth grade, Mr. Self. So that would be ninth grade. Um, showing us, I think, Romeo and Juliet, the Franco Zeffirelli one with mm. uh, Olivia Hussey and uh, whatchamacallit. Everybody likes Mercutio. Like, he's fun. But, you know, we're not going to get that. And it's like, we're we're just going to sneer at the whole thing. And, like, uh, it's just, it's so, I understand why they do it. And But it has taught me to, like, well, it has suggested to me that I should not do the same thing with my kid. But it hasn't stopped me, for sure. Mm-hmm. I still force stuff on her all the time. <laughs> eating, eating, it's not she's eating her vegetables. It's more like she's eating my Popeye's fried chicken. Like, I demand that she watch this thing that I like. And, you know, they're naturally averse to that. But, you know, but sometimes funny bits, funny things catch on or slip through. And with my kid music lately, I came in the other day, not the other day, it's been a couple of weeks now, but she was listening to the White Album. Just listening to the White Album and reading a book. And I was like, wow, that's really wild. That's awesome. What was, what was the other one that she started? It's just strange how sometimes she'll latch on. Oh, that band, The Beths, that I like, that she insisted that she hated in 2018. Now when we get in the car... If it's not Hamilton, Les Mis, Mean Girls, or one of those, like we listen to um, the best, which really surprised me. She even put a song on repeat. I'll put it in show notes. Really? Um, why don't you tell me about something you like? Looks like we've got the three sponsors today. Yeah, we do. God bless us. Bless I, our heart. I know it. Uh, I would love to tell you about HoneyBook. 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 Do you, Merlin, do you own mm-hmm. a small business? Eh. I mean, I don't know if it's a business. It's a bit. It's a business. Your business. I have. Man. I have a ramshackle operation with a door. Well, for, if but it's f- hidden. It's like a, it's. It's like the room of requirement. I think or like that, that address in Sherlock Holmes. It's not really here. Well, even if you don't officially run a small business, I think you can appreciate this because <laughs> run it into the ground. Well, frustrated, you know, by dealing with back and forth emails, lots of paperwork, and of course the issue of of getting paid, HoneyBook can help you spend less ha- time handling the administration work and more time doing the things that you like to do, the things hopefully that, that, that are fun and then may, maybe make you some money. HoneyBook is an all-in-one business management platform for creative small businesses. They make it easy to streamline your process with, uh, with client and calendar management tools. They have custom branded brochures and proposals and contracts, all the stuff you need. You can even get e-signatures. You can uh, get paid faster with their invoices. And all of this happens within one online system. There is over 75,000 photographers, designers, event professionals, all kinds of entrepreneurs that are saving hundreds or maybe even thousands of hours a year using HoneyBook. And, uh, and, and, and they're great. So the URL to go to is HoneyBook. H-O-N-E-Y, honeybook.com. And Back to Work listeners will get 50% off their first year of HoneyBook if you use the promo code Back to Work. So again, the URL, honeybook.com, promo code Back to Work for 50% off your first year. So thanks very much to HoneyBook for making this show possible. Thanks, HoneyBook. Book, book. Hmm. I like our start time a lot for a variety of reasons, but it is just the tiniest bit early for me. My you brain move is it? not you move it a little bit. Angular. Let's move it. No, no, no. Oh God, no, please, please. No more okay, changes. Well, you're, I'm you're, still, you're, I'm dealing, I'm dealing with so many people in their schedules right now. I, I can't, I can't. You get that it's email? It's so important to me to schedule things and do it at the same time on time. It's so important to me. I know. I'm not in the way of that. I'm supportive it. of that. Yeah. I mean, I, it's, it's how you become a sane person. Uh, anyway, um, 
I love you all. Um, <laughs> um, 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 what do I have this week? I have my acupressure mat. I have a, pr- a good email from a listener. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want to do a toughie, um, I feel like we've got some FU. I got you. three, three little FUs. Oh, yeah. please run this, drive this car. Jesus, take the wheel. Uh, but well, I, Benjamin. I, I, uh, I wanted to follow up on the keyboard experiment. The uh, race oh, yeah, right, 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 right. three vortex uh, one that I got that that you were looking at the and vortex Jason Snell is, is the talking one about. you're going to use on your actual big boy computer. Yeah. Okay. This is not the switching switching one, mm-hmm. um, w- which uh, a lot of people have shared some additional feedback on. But this keyboard here, I'm really digging this one. Um, I'm really liking it more than I've liked a clicky style mechanical keyboard for a while. This one's a lot of fun. I love the look of it with the, there's, um, the, the main keys are in sort of the light, like beige, white cream type color. And then you've got yeah, some put, darker put colors. Notes again. It is off. It's very tempting. I will. And I think, you know, why would you, I have that instead of my full size DOS keyboard? I don't I'm, I'm not, know. I'm the, not being obdurate. I just, I, I've, the DOS keyboard has full on media keys, a mute button, an analog volume knob. It's so dorky. It's like a practically a gamer keyboard. <laughs> I don't, I don't but, think this is the keyboard for you. If you have a, if you have a clicky keyboard that you like, mm-hmm. I don't, I'm not going to suggest that you switch to this one. Okay. But if you don't have a clicky keyboard, uh, that's a good point. And, and you're coming or you used to have one and you want a new one or the one that you have broke. In other words, if you're happy with the one that you have, don't just ignore this. It's like um, President Obama says, if you like your insurance, you can keep it. You can keep it. Same thing. It's exactly, there's no difference. I will put mine, you go ahead, I will put my DOS keyboard in the notes. Yeah, put that one in there too. I, I think if, but here's what really I liked about this one. I really like the size of it. It's uh, 10 keyless um, and, and I like that. And it's fairly compact without being you know, you still have the full size keys and and the full size space, but on the desk, the footprint is very small. And if you're coming from like using an Apple aluminum keyboard or using a laptop keyboard, this is, I mean, it's really a very, maybe I should take a picture of it to put into the show notes next to a, an Apple keyboard. I'll do that. Oh, uh, for context. Yeah. yeah you had or a, maybe a I'll make a photo it, of it in the show notes last week. Yeah. I, and I'll put them next to each other so that you can see uh, the difference in in the size, it's very close. It's the closest I've seen of any clicky keyboard. And that appealed to me a lot. Mm-hmm. I also like um, just the overall look of it. It it looks a little, I don't want to say, you know, mm, it, it's definitely got a geeky look to it. And it comes with well, the it's, little- it's got, it's, It reminds me of um, almost like, I don't have it in front of me right now, but you know how sometimes whether that's like the, um, God, what's the little, what's this thing called that I got off the Kickstarter or the- Fidget Cube? Yeah. You know, you can get Fidget Cube with like, I want to say PlayStation colors. I'm mm-hmm. not sure if it's right, but there's yeah. a certain kind of like primary colors plus gray that kind of reads as what old Nintendo controller or something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Like, yeah. like a game controller can have that real pop in primary yeah. colors look. It sort of has that. It's, it's, it does. It's, it starts out industrial, but then it has a little playfulness and you get to kind of tweak it the way you want. Yeah, you can put whatever colored keys on. If you want colored keys, you don't have to use them. And it's got two little uh, feet that go on the bottom of it to give uh-huh. it that nice little angle. But they're not just rubber feet. It actually has metal, you know, aluminum uh, screw in feet with a little rubber, I guess, end caps to it. That That's very, very nice. 
Um, and the one thing that I found that I needed to make to go for me, because for so long I've been using the Apple keyboards where your wrists are basically flat on your desk and mm -hmm. you're typing. I've gotten so accustomed to that angle and setup that I found that this was, there was a little bit of, um, uh, of a disconnect for me. So what I did is I got one of those wrist rest, uh, wrist pad things. They make them for 10 keyless keyboards that fit nicely to that. Oh, this is good. And, uh, so I found one, unfortunately they're all way more expensive than you think they should be. Uh, this one was $24. Uh, and I, I'm mm. not necessarily recommending it as much as I'm saying this is the one I'm using. Uh, but I found that that was necessary and I wanted to find a slimmer, not super tall one. This one's 13 millimeters thick. So it gives me the similar angle to what I'm used to with my, uh, with my Apple aluminum keyboard that I was using. So it, it, it feels very similar in the approach and that made all the difference for me was getting that. Before I got this, I thought, oh, here's another keyboard I might not be able to use. But once I got that, for me, it, it made all the difference. And so that's my setup now. Wow, that's Pretty so happy cool. With it. Could you also, just for my own OCD, mention what needs to be done to make this usable easily for a Mac user? Yes. I feel like that's important to add. Yes, I, I'm glad People you People are going to get real frustrated if they plug this thing in and it doesn't do what they expected. Yeah. So, the, of course, because it's a USB keyboard, it will work fine out of the box. But what it won't do correctly is have the correct placement for the um, Apple command and option keys. So those are the two keys that are on the bottom left and right of the keyboard and they're swapped in a PC configuration. So if you're looking at the bottom left of a Mac keyboard, you would have uh, control option command in from left to right toward the space bar uh, on a windows it's control windows alt. That is mm -hmm. the, that is the order. So it's easy enough to swap those using built-in macOS software. You can just swap them and then you swap the keycap and it does exactly what you want. But the keyboard has a built-in functionality where it, it can be put into Mac mode and you put it into Mac mode by holding down the pwn key and pressing <laughs> the letter M. But in order to get it to work right, you need to update the firmware. And in order to update the firmware, you've got to connect it to a Windows machine. But I got ah, some no, great feedback. so ironic. I it's know, so brutally I ironic. I know, it's dumb. But I got some great feedback from our listeners, a number of whom said, I used Parallels, or I used VirtualBox, or I used whatever. And they were able to update it with Windows inside of virtual box with the or or parallels or all of them i had someone say they tried them all and it all worked so you don't need a dedicated windows pc but if you, you do need windows software to do it which yeah, I, I just want to make sure so it's such a cool keyboard but like i would not call that anywhere in the realm of like normal behavior for a mac user no it so is I, just, not. I just feel like it's important. As cool as this thing is, understand you're going to have to do Windows things. Yes, too. one time only, only once. You just update the <laughs> firmware, but still, it's stupid. Why That's should like you have to do that? saying a tattoo is a one-time thing. I don't know. <laughs> well, anyway, you 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 have to do that, or you don't have to. You can you can remap it with the macOS software. But if you want to, you if yeah. you if you want to use the built-in keyboard thing then yes, you've got to do it that way. But that's it shouldn't be a showstopper for anyone because there's other ways to do it. And who knows, maybe the Vortex company will wake up to the fact that uh, Mac people want to use this 
and they'll they'll make a firmware updater that speaking of firmware speaking of firmware i i think uh i think i'm in trouble with my um with my old old drobo because i just updated the firmware on it and now it doesn't mount it doesn't it doesn't show up on the on it it boots fine the lights are all fine everything's green and good that's Uh, so interesting you would say that what happened to you well okay this is not a fully like Syracuse vetted troubleshooting, but I thought to myself, hey, you know, I, I clean up my office, I'm cleaning up my stuff. I should just at least go see what's on these things because I feel like there may be still some kid photos. There's probably a ton of stuff I can just, I can just basically drill. Th- I could ro- Mr. Robot through these, but um, I want to bring it up. So I popped it out. It's, you know, it's plugged in. I do the thing. The lights do their little dance. Nothing, nothing, nothing. And I thought, well, of course you dingus. Like you're probably using at least software and probably firmware that's just ancient. And I went to this, I went to the site and they have some backward compatibility, but it's like, uh-huh, 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 uh-huh. And then there's like, well, if you need something this old, you got to do something special. Like it wasn't, I don't think my, I remember getting this, I think I got it for free from Drobo in the MacBreak weekly days. So it's real old. Yeah, it's and a couple, I have not couple weeks it because, back. Huh? You know, it is one of those things where it's kind of like, it's like the first time I checked for AFib on my Apple Watch, I was telling Roderick about this. Um, I, was t- I didn't do it for several days. So like, you know what, do I want to know if I'm going to... God, have, I don't want to know. Kind of. And it was kind of like that with the Drobo, where like right now it's still like, what is it? It's Schrodinger's Drobo. Where like, <laughs> I don't know if everything on there is deleted. Yeah, I don't know if it's just four unformatted drives, but as soon as I plug it in and it doesn't work, and I spend four hours and it still doesn't work, I'm facing the dread of knowing my kids' videos from the flip phone days are gone. Oh man! See, but I, I, I have know. only I've only been using it to back up, so it's like you know recording. Well, I'll record something, I'll edit it, and then I'll just throw the logic file onto the Drobo, and that's basically okay. all I've been doing. So. It, but the data is still there. I feel fairly confident about that. It's just not showing up on the Mac. So then I started, and of course I run this old Mac mini headless, so nothing's plugged into it. Um, and so th- I remote control it and uh, I thought, well, okay. So, you know, it, you, you launch it up and, oh, there's a new version of Drobo dashboard available. Great. I install that. And you, it says, oh, there's a new version of the firmware. Okay, cool. Install that. And after I installed that, it just it boots up and everything. It just doesn't show up in the Drobo software and it doesn't show up on the hard drive. And I thought, all right, well, since I've already screwed everything else up, I might as well install Mojave on it now. So Uh I start running the installer and it died somewhere in the middle of the installer. And so I don't know what's going to happen there. Oh no. Yeah. Do people still use Drobos? Like are are people buying a drobo new can i can i guess based on anecdotal evidence yeah can can we go into anecdote corner for a minute yeah i don't think think people are um buying new drobos in in nearly the way that they're buying stuff like like a nas yeah a nas nas one's a wrapper one's a hard drive i think people are much more likely to be buying a synology at this point just because it does so much more. Yeah, I've I've been thinking about what I would do because I, I have, have these one. Drives. I have one. I just can't make it do what I want because I hate the goddamn web interface so much. Oh yeah, the interface that's right. is so gross. It's like using cPanel in two thousand three. Ooh, right? Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. I do all those Windows icons. Ugh. Ugh. 
Also, you know, it's by the time I bought this and I probably cheaped out, I wire cut it out just a little bit on this. So it does not have the raw power that I would want to do stuff like Plex transcoding. My mm. friends have more recent ones that do transcoding better. Yeah. So I'm, you know, I should get it set up. If nothing else, just a dumb hard drive I can put stuff on. But every time I open it up, I'm like, ugh, is this secure? Is this open? Like, I can't tell what's happening. I feel like I'm, you know, like doing a doggy paddle through gelatin every time I have to interact with this thing. Mm -hmm. And everybody says the same thing, which I know is true. I mean, this is true of my, let's say, Plex setup. Hey, it's a pain to set up, but once it's set up, it does its thing. Mm -hmm. And mine really does its thing. Now, I have to be open to applying that same logic to the Synology and just really sit down and do it. But, you know, even the idea of like moving all my media over to it through some weird web interface is just, and I know there's a thing for it. I'm sure there's a thing for that. I'm sure there's, but it's just, it's very daunting to me. And knowing that I don't necessarily want to trust it and it kind of puts me off my beer. Yeah, I hear that. It's come a long way. It's worth the dough. People say so. Yeah. But now Marco, our friend Marco, who used to be all in on the Synology stuff, he's saying increasingly, hey, just get a big hard drive. Because I guess those prices are coming down too. Yeah, hard drive prices are really, really lower. I mean, they're always getting lower because they're always coming out with higher capacity. And then there, but there's always that sweet spot where it's like, yeah, it used to be for a long time. It was one terabyte. Yeah, one terabyte. I don't know what it is now. I assume, I assume the one terabytes are pretty cheap. Yeah, back when I was being real good, before I had Backblaze, not a sponsor, I um, was very heavily into using Super Duper with a shell script to basically do it a clone. Mm hmm of my drive and I would take it home once a month. I would swap it. I would have two of them that were exactly, I used to have such overkill. Um, but yeah, I used to have two that were doing a nightly backup and then one I'd rotate off site, but I don't know. I feel pretty good about Backblaze. Yeah. Backblaze, having something like Backblaze these days, especially if you combine it with, you know, like all of my data that matters, you know, if it's code, it's in GitHub, if it's other stuff, yeah, it's in right. Dropbox and Dropbox. Sure. For me, iCloud increasingly has a lot of that. Yeah. Stuff. Yeah. And, and so like for me, the, the main thing that I back up my computer for is more, you know, clone it, which I still use super duper to clone it about once a week. Mm -hmm. But <clears throat> I figure that, um, you know, if I'm in a situation where the internal drive on this computer dies, but everything else is okay. I could plug in the external drive and boot from that and use it until I could get a repair or I could plug that into another computer. Uh, and you know, like my old MacBook pro at home at home, I could use it that way. Um, that's the only reason I do it is just out of convenience. It's not to preserve data. It's more so that I don't lose a day or two of, of productivity it's more for speed, than speed. Yeah. Yeah, it's so interesting you say that. I mean, I haven't really gone back to think about how backup has changed in a while. And this is going to sound probably more glib and optimistic than it should, and it will certainly come back to bite me in the ass. But, I mean, one thing, um, you look at things like iPhone and iPad, um, I, I am starting to wonder if iTunes backup goes away at some point because of a variety of reasons. Mm -hmm. But the truth is right now, if you've got a good iCloud backup, and I know not everybody does, if you've got a good iCloud backup of iPhone or iOS, it restores really fast. It's gotten easier and it's not any like waiting for three days thing anymore. No, and that's like It nice. might be two, three hours and most of your stuff is on there. That's great. In, in situ. That's, well, I think that's worth, that's worth mentioning. When you think about what used to go into Migration Assistant on a Mac, I think it's important to, to notice that the most mostly seamless backup and restore we do now is from the cloud on an iOS device. And who had that on their bingo card 10 years ago? That's a very interesting idea that you're, and so what I'm saying there also is your settings, 
That's the big thing. Like, I mean, the setting stuff is so huge. And I used to do all this crazy stuff with R-Sync and all this stuff and trying to like keep everything. And it was, it was a real donkey drill to keep up. So that that's for iOS and iPad. Um, but, or iPhone and iPad, I should say. But, you know, like, what do we got now? You got, I feel like iCloud has gotten so much better at a lot of these setting things. I know the way CloudKit works, there's different, I don't know all the terms, but this, the syncing setting stuff has gotten pretty good. I'm amazed sometimes with how well, how quickly, how seamlessly things sync up. The combination of the data of this app, in the case of like, I'm using my fitness pal to track food right now. And like how quickly that just syncs up, fine. It just works great. Stuff from my scale. Go through goes through why things that just shows up in Apple Health mm-hmm. and all that stuff like that seems like maybe small potatoes but I think that's kind of a big deal that that all has gotten to where it works as well as it does. No, it's not small potatoes. It's it is important. I mean, I'm always reminded of my college days back in the like the Unix lab where they had several on campus and a number of different servers and all everyone's home drive was on one machine that had an NFS mounted partition so that any of the other labs that you went to anywhere on campus and sat down in front of an uh, X window workstation, you, your whole desktop would be there just the way you left it, everything just the same. Uh, and you could continue your work and log mm-hmm. out and go to an, another part of campus and another, you know, Unix lab. And, and there was everything right there. And the idea of doing that on a desktop nowadays, it's like, no way that seems like impossible, but yet we had it in 19, you know, 90, three or something because it was built to do that yeah built to you know have that right? yeah and now now you know we went a very different direction we instead of having one computer that a million people are connecting to um we have our own computers but we still want that kind of functionality we still want to like wouldn't it be cool if you could travel somewhere with nothing and sit down mm-hmm. in front of any computer that happened to be in front of you and all your stuff is there you know um that's that's kind of oh, yeah cool. well you know i i it seems to me that I know this, this sounds a little crazy right now, but I think it's not out of the question that with a login and a Yubi key, you could sit down in a library yeah. and do your stuff. Yeah. If you trusted, if you trusted the uh, software on there. Right. But there's no reason you can't do stuff. Like, we're, I mean, what are we talking about P-list files or whatever the equivalent on iOS is? We're not talking about huge files for settings. Mm-hmm. And then you just access it through the cloud like anything else. But with that said, again, listening to Fraser Spears going out the door on the iOS experience, it was maddening to him that, you know, you know how um, Apple has allowed schools to have multiple users on an iPad? Oh, yeah, that special setup. Mm-hmm. But have you heard about how it works? No. It's really something. The way I understand it from listening to Fraser describe it is like, so kid one logs in, their stuff downloads to the iPad. Right. That kid logs out, all their stuff is deleted. The next kid logs into the iPad, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's it's not super efficient. There are not there are accounts at that higher level, yeah. but there are not accounts like with um, dedicated identities and so space if, inside the iPad. If I'm understanding you right, what you're saying you're is basically it, doing a restore. Right for at, your any, account each at time. any given time, there's only one account on the iPad. I think I think that's how it works. It's mm-hmm. oh, I got the gist though that it was very frustrating. So what I'm else frustrated we got? We just got, hearing it. Well, I mean, I still, people have their, everybody, there's somebody who hates everything title. Um, <laughs> write that down. Um, I'm writing please. it. The, uh, I like Dropbox. I still like Dropbox. I don't have a reason to hate Dropbox. Should I not like it? I think it's problematic. I think everybody, 
people seem to just get this. They're like walking tinder, just waiting for a spark to turn them into a flame all the time <laughs> of like just hearing one thing that makes them go bananas about privacy and security. And I, I okay, that's good. Like, stick with that. Um, I'm sure you'll be safe for the rest of your life. <laughs> but um, the the truth is like a bunch of this Dropbox stuff works fine. Dropbox is less super fun and easy on um, iOS, but it's, it's way better I mean, than it used to be. Having that files app is helpful. But trying to think of the other stuff that does things like this, like what would I miss? I would I would lose probably if I didn't do backup well or I screwed up my backup, I'd lose a bunch of random stuff I hadn't bothered to put anywhere important. Yeah. The biggest downside of the way I do backup and uh, is that I know some stuff is somewhere in some version. What you think about it is kind of insane. Mm-hmm. Like I know some stuff is somewhere in some version. So I don't know if there are duplicate copies of this particular flip movie. I know that for years, every time I find a flip, well, here I'm talking about the uh, the uh, flip um, pocket ca- uh, video camera that was popular when my kid was born and that we took tons of great videos, videos with. Low quality, but just awesome. I know every time I discover those, I drop them into the same folder on my um, little outboard media drive. Yeah. But like, I don't have any sense that I know where everything is and it's complete and it's the latest version, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Right. And I'm reminded of an app. There used to be a bunch of apps like this in the 90s. But in particular, at one point, Zip and Jazz, um, what was the name of the company? Um, Iomega? Iomega, yeah, they, wow. yeah, they did that, yeah. Nice pull. Iomega eventually, I think, gave you on the drive, would give you this, this cataloging app that you could have on your Mac and uh, anyway, there used to be a bunch of these, but it was really cool. So basically you could, you could say every time I pop removable media into my Mac, basically record with the equivalent of aliases, everything that's on there. So you basically could search all of your media from inside this monster app. Adobe Fetch used to do something similar with like CDs of images. And then and it would tell like you which, which one to put in. And- yeah. And it would say pop in this disc and you yeah. can pull it off of here. And uh, it's interesting. I, I'm sure something like that exists, but it's not nearly as popular as it used to be when removable media was all we had. But anyways, so I'm just trying to think about the state of backup. I mean, to me, Backblaze, who has been a sponsor in various places, some people say, at least in ads, that they use it a lot for grabbing one file. I haven't had much cause to do that. I've sometimes done that, but I'm mainly Backblaze exists for me to be a plug and play, start over when everything dies. Mm-hmm. Send me that hard drive and let me just like get everything back on here. I don't have the, I don't have the, I don't know why. Maybe iTunes has, and iTunes and ruining my music has made me this way. I just, I don't have the incessant worry about this that I used to have because so much stuff is somewhere. You know, all the invoicing stuff is in this application, mm-hmm. right? All of the, you know what I'm saying? Like all my mail, I don't have to worry about my mail being in one giant entourage oh, guys, file. Do you, do you remember the remember time? entourage having a two gigabyte file? <laughs> yeah. They, a single two gigabyte <laughs> database file with yeah. all of your mail in it. If that got corrupted, you didn't have mail anymore. Yeah. You know, when you so, think about how, how far we've come, but the funny part is I still remember when the first sort of like online accounting packages came out and they're like, Mm -hmm. why would you want to have your data like up on the internet where everyone could get to it? I want it right here, safe on my hard drive in QuickBooks or Quicken or whatever. And, you know, and I, it's so different now. It's like, no, I I don't want any, I don't want anything that's important on my computer. I want it all in the internet. Yeah. I want it all in the cloud. I don't want anything here. In fact, and, and when you install... And that's actually a kind of software that's evolved so slowly. Listening to Casey talk about what he does to like manually get his 
equivalent of Quicken working on a Mac, it's it's bananas what you have to do. Mm. He's done some crazy like command line food. He gets to do these kinds of things automatically and move this file there. And isn't that funny? Quicken in the '90s was like one of the great apps. Yes, like, Quicken was a really good app. Yes. And QuickBooks was a great app. Mm-hmm. But then, I don't know, is it just because they're Mac apps and they don't care anymore? Or is it, is yeah. it, does it suck on Windows too? Yeah, I mean, it's. I think it sucks a little more on the Mac, but it still sucks on Windows. But all the accountants that I used to have to deal with were always like, oh, yeah, the Mac, ooh, well, yeah, I guess you can. And, you know, it was always like the, the only way to get them your QuickBooks you stuff. You put out like a .qif or yeah, something like yeah, that. Yeah, you have something to like export that. it and rename it. QIJ, Quijibo, I don't know. You had to make something with it. Yeah. It's bananas. Yeah. Um, we, You should tell me about something else you like. I will tell you all about... Grammarly. Grammarly. Isn't that nice? Grammarly. They have so it's many good names. Say. So many good say names. Say it soft and it's almost like praying. Like praying. Mario. Oh, I like that. Well, Grammarly is a writing assistant. Yes. That makes you look and sound smarter. Uh, this is this is a very cool thing. You can use this for school, work, pretty much anywhere. Uh, it helps people show what you can actually. Here's what I want to be clear about. It doesn't rewrite stuff for you. It's not writing anything for you. It's helping you be it's a nudging. better. It's nudging, right? It's I like that. N- mm-hmm. Nudging, N- nudges you, nudges you. Mm-hmm. Um, and and here's what it is. It you can use this on any. What is that booming sound? Is there like a that was plane? On your end, I think. Yeah, it's on my end. I had mo- like I always do at eight thirty-five every day. I had motorcycle boy here. I'm sure you heard that. Yeah, it's. I don't know what this is. Sorry, Gramley. Uh, well, so listen. This, it works through a browser extension. You can use this as a desktop editor, and there's even a, a mobile keyboard checker. And what this does is it, it, it helps make you a better writer, and here's how it works. As you type, okay, it, it reviews critical spelling and, uh, and, and grammar errors or mistakes or mm-hmm. ways to improve it. It also has advanced punctuation. It looks at structure. It looks at style within context, vocabulary suggestions, conciseness, readability for different occasions. So is this a business proposal? Is it an academic essay? It is a casual blog post. And this is the Grammarly is here to help make these things better. I mean, even little things like making uh, email typos on your phone. Right. Uh, hmm. it, it is going to help you across the board. And there is this uh, there is also something called uh, Grammarly uh, Premium, uh, which has a ton more advanced features. There is so much that you can do. And again, like you don't even think about this kind of thing everywhere. And this is my pet peeve. I try not to to, to comment on it too much. I have an English degree and mm-hmm. more and more and more. I am seeing Online, when I read these posts on articles and news I articles, in, I see it in the Washington Post, the New York Times, political. So bad how stuff. Do you, how all do you have the, time? the twice in a row? Don't you have an editor? Don't how did you that have happen? an editor? Or, 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 you know, noun verb agreement that's wrong. Just it's basic like it, it missed, stuff. It missed its last edit, and it drives me bananas because it. I don't want it to hurt the credibility of what I'm reading, but it's like, did an editor look at this? What is this? This is crazy. It's one thing for you and me as dinglings to make a little dumb mistake on, say, Twitter. But like, man, if, you like if you're an publishing editor. an article and a lot of the time it's in these big articles, these big like op ed pieces that are important and like mm. meaningful. And you'll see these 
basic, basic errors. And a lot of the time it even just looks like uh, they've, they've edited out part of a sentence and replaced it. And oh, it just geez. doesn't make sense anymore. Grammarly rookie, would help these rookie people. Rookie errors. Grammarly rookie errors. would help these people. And our listeners are going to be able to use this. Grammarly is spelled G-R-A-M-M. A-R-L-Y, Grammarly.com slash back to work. Go there and you'll get 20% off your Grammarly premium account today. Go check it out. Stop making these kinds of mistakes and start writing uh, and, and being your best self. I think this is what you should do for 2019. So go check it out. Grammarly.com slash back to work. 20% off your premium account. And we sure do appreciate the support of Grammarly. Thanks, Grammarly. Puck, puck. There were two fight. I'm being told that there were two fighter jets flying overhead for some reason. Were they fighting each other? Just loop. They're, they're they're um in a loop. I still hear them. They're just hmm. circling right over our building. It seems. Are you a QAnon guy? Is that what it is? Do you think they? Do you think they? Do you think they know about my uh, my theories? Well, do you think you're being targeted? You might be being targeted. Mm -hmm. I mean, just because you're paranoid doesn't mean they're not after you, so... Mm-hmm. Hmm. It was Charles Manson that said that. Was it? I thought Kurt Cobain uh, said that. <laughs> what else we got here? It's early. It's move, early. Move it back. Move it back a little bit. No, no, no. See, this <laughs> I got another. Th I got more. So I Bring have it on. I have a problem with iOS, and I, uh, uh, multiple devices are doing this now. Oh, interesting. <gasps> Is it about responsiveness of the screen? No. Uh, oh, although I've, I have, are you running into that on the uh, on the phone? My 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 iPads have been feeling less. They feel like there's grease all over the screen or something. That no no sorry. They don't feel like there's grease all over the screen. They often behave as though there's grease on the screen. Mm. And I don't know if I'm holding it wrong. I don't know if I. But it's like it's been driving me crazy. So you, what's happening with you on your iOS? Mail badge count is wrong. Um, so here's the behavior, and I've read about this, and I've tried everything that I found. Uh, that they tell you to do on this, but it, it is now also affecting the iPad, which it wasn't for a while. And now it is. So here's what happens. Um, if, if you get an unread email, normally you'll see a badge on the application icon for, for mail. I do use the mail app. I'm not using spark or one of the other ones. This is why last week I was asking you which ones you liked. I still am using the regular mail app. So if, if that's just me being dumb then I'm being dumb, but still it shouldn't do this. So on the mail app, the badge will show you your unread count. Yes, I know you can turn that off, but You're I like- You're doing it out of courage, courage and bravery to show that it can be done. I like to know- We do these things not because they are easy, but, but because, because they, they are, are hard. hard. Um, See, I would have said difficult, but he says hard. He says hard. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> when I get some emails, it'll show it. It'll show the correct count. If do -do -do. I then go in and read the emails, was that you, Dora? Um, <laughs> that was my Eudora <laughs> I'll go and I'll, I'll read the emails and then I'll go out of the app. And then at some point, the a new badge will appear that says 135 unread emails. It'll do. It's Oof. always, always 135. Oh and it's never five. It's never 50. It's 135. You got to so, zap the PRAM on that phone. Well, in the back of my mind, I'm, that makes me nervous because there, ha there, there could be a situation where if there was some kind of catastrophic server 
issue that getting 135 emails could mean something really bad has gone on. Uh, so I can't, I'm not ready to just discount it when I look at it and say, all right, that's my mail app. But like, yeah, there it's possible that I could have 135 emails and something horrible could be going on. So it, it matters. The the tips that they say to fix this are you should go <laughs> yeah, in. Of course, first, first, let's first walk through all the things that you're an idiot for not realizing yeah. that you tried. Yeah. What, what, what is what did the world tell you to do to fix this? You know, the main the main things obviously reboot your phone. Not not that. Uh, but then the, once you finally get through all the basic steps, there's another mm. one that says go into each of your email accounts and tr- in pre- in settings disable them all, reboot the phone, re-enable them all, and then it it should fix it. That doesn't work. Um, go verifying that I don't actually have like 135 unread emails sitting in different mailboxes. I don't. Um, it's not spam or junk folder. It's none, hmm. none of the obvious things uh, that I've hmm. been through all of it. So, and now it has, it, it has begun to happen on the iPad too. So maybe the answer is I should stop using mail and use something else. Maybe there's well, still, another it'd be fix nice to know this. what's causing it. Yeah. But, uh, so I would love to hear people's recommendations, including yours as maybe if it's time for me to switch to a different mail app, I should do that. If, if there's a fix for this, please tell me. And uh, I also want to say thank you so much to the listeners who have been giving me the best suggestions for books to read with my 11-year-old son. Um, I'm compiling a list because there are so many and they're still coming in that I want to give it another week. Uh, But there are some really, really great, and it's not like everyone's suggesting The Hobbit. These are books I've never even heard Mm -hmm. of that are great and have great followings. So I'm super grateful for that. Thank you to everyone who sent those in. But next week, I'll have a, a list that I can share. And my stopgap book in the meantime uh, stopgap book. was uh, iRobot by Isaac Asimov. Uh, so we're reading that while I sort out what series to read next. We're having a situation on iOS. Uh-oh. And we're at the point in the stack of... Uh, the helpful person who says, try logging out of iCloud everywhere. <laughs> uh-huh. That that helpful person was yeah. like, yeah, okay, all right, okay. I uh, somehow my daughter's Minecraft on her iPad with my account, and the Minecraft Minecraft uh, I always want to say Minecraft from Sherlock Holmes. The <laughs> the Minecraft account that I, that I'm using something has gotten disconnected. I bought her some coins to so she can go buy a Jeff Probst uh, icon or whatever. And I get regrant failed. Please purchase software application first. Mm. And that's what, apparently this is one of those ones where you Google for this and the results are not a happy thing. Most of there's very little from Apple. There's a lot from third party vendors being like, we're sorry. Like basically, best I can tell, you get the regrant failed. Please purchase software application. So, so basically, I go and I get my kid coins and i i'm seeing like a thousand coins she sees 35 coins she knows to go and restore put in her password restore you know purchase and that's when you get this pop-up you know all you have is okay right yeah so regrant failed uh based on lisa short afternoon of googling this um it seems to be caused by a disconnect like we have a family you know icloud and itunes account a disconnect between the apple id of who bought the app versus the apple id of who downloaded the app. I see. And it involves, even though we're on the family account and yeah, stuff, yeah. it seems to involve, it's it's pretty much the classic, Dan. Well, here's what you need to do. On the problematic uh, iPad, you delete, <laughs> you delete the app, you log out of iCloud, 
You log back in as the other person or something, you download it and you reconfigure everything. And you know, my daughter's 11, but she knows enough that when I got to the point of log out of iCloud everywhere, she goes, nope, nope, nope. I'll just live with this. I'll just live with this. Because you know, you are thrusting your hands into the dragon's gaping maw when you do that. Maybe that's come a long way. That used to be a pretty wild adventure to log out of iCloud on your iOS device. Yeah. If anybody out there knows or has better Googling, you know, be nice about it, please. But if you know anything about an easy way to fix that where she can have her coins, uh, I would take the help. You ever get that? Regrant failed? No, I don't Re- Grant think so. failed iOS. Regrant failed. Regrant, regrant failed. Regrant failed. It's probably because of the shutdown, the partial shutdown. The shutdown is doing that. Um, ugh. KDanMobile.com, Vicky.com. There is some on the community. What's the Apple community? (laughs) I don't have an iPod Touch, but I assume the procedure is the same as on my iPhone 4, so try the following steps. Number one, delete the app you're trying to restore. Go to settings and store at the very bottom. See Apple ID? That needs to be the same ID as your daughter was signed into. Mm. I just restarted the device. Now search for the app in the app store. Click on restore purchases with the app. Oh boy. That's going to, that's, I, I don't know. I don't know. That's not a good message to get. Regrant fail. That's no fun. It doesn't sound like what you want. You don't play a video game to have your regrant fail. You're, you're trying to have a little joy, build something with your friends. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Regrant mm-hmm. fail. Did you have uh, one more thing that you liked? I would love to tell you mm-hmm. all about this cool thing that uh, that LinkedIn is doing. LinkedIn! You know, I'll, I think I think there are a lot of people out there who are in a situation where they need to hire someone. And it is such a challenge to do that because finding the right person can make such a huge, huge difference for your business. The smaller your, your business is, I think the more important that is. Although it's, it's true that a good hire will help any business. When you're running a small company and, and you really, really can feel that difference between, oh, we finally got someone to help out with this and they're really good. And, and knowing that they're the right candidate for the job. That is such a, an, it feels like an impossible mm-hmm. challenge. You know, I mean, you can, you can, you can post imagine it. it, you could taste it. I know what it'd be like if I had the right person. Right. Here. Just then they'd know. be here. They'd be here. Yeah. I wouldn't be doing this thing. And mm. you can post a job on a job board and hope the right person sees it and finds the job. But how often like, are you hanging out on job boards? You're not, Me? no one, no, you, anyone. It, it's not like, I'm just there for the pickups. <laughs> That's, that's right. Because I'm a pickup artist. And you don't want to leave finding, you know, th- that opportunity to just the chance that somebody stumbles across some job board somewhere on the internet. And this is where LinkedIn is stepping in to make a difference because people are already going to LinkedIn every day to grow their career or to discover job opportunities. I mean, people are already there. And uh, nine out of the, I'm reading this, uh, this uh, statistic here, nine out of 10 members on LinkedIn are open to hearing about a new opportunity. And 70% of the U.S. workforce is on LinkedIn. So wouldn't it make sense to post your job 
in front of those people who are open to hearing about it. And so many of them are there. So, you know, you're going to find right away people who are qualified for the role, who are ready to try something new. And uh, it's, it's really the best way to find a person who's going to help you grow your business. And uh, they've actually, here's one more statistic for you. A new hire is made every 10 seconds using LinkedIn. Yeah. I don't know. There's that many people. There are that many people right now. And, um, you know, you know what they say about millennials? They, they want to, they want new jobs all the time. I've heard that. So you go to LinkedIn, L-I-N-K-E-D, LinkedIn.com slash back to work, and you will get 50 bucks off your first job post. Uh, That's a big deal. Terms and conditions apply. I have to say that. But it's a LinkedIn.com slash back to work. And to go there and you'll get 50 bucks off that job post. And uh, you're going to find the right candidate because 70% of the workforce is there waiting to hear about you. So go check it out. And thanks very much to LinkedIn for making this uh, episode possible. Merlin Mann. LinkedIn. Buck, buck. 50 bucks. 50 bucks. Mm. I do have a little Bandersnatch f- follow-up. Okay. If, you, if that's it. interesting. No, no, totally, totally. We don't have time to get into our listeners' uh, question. I'll save it for next week. We'll but do yeah, that give me some first Bandersnatch. next week. So, Drop some Snatch. I, uh, I, went, um, I went and finished this thing. And it took me... I, I got a number of different endings... And I, I, I can honestly say I was not happy with any of the endings. And then after going through it three or four times, it didn't give me any more chances to go back and do a different ending again. Hmm. So I don't know. Do, do you have a sense of when you've reached the quote unquote end or isn't, is that part of the point is that there never is an end? No, there is definitely an end because like under certain scenarios, I don't want to, you know, spoil anything, but like there are very clear endings to it where it'll even it'll kind of say watch the credits or try this part again where you can oh. kind of go back and and I, I remember the choose your own adventure books when I was a little boy reading those where you know you're killed by the dragon you know flip to page 59 to start out you know and you could right. go back to that page and and you make a different decision and then you don't get killed by the dragon eventually but this is kind of the same thing where if you make a mistake you have an opportunity or I guess there's a, a limited number of opportunities. I don't know how it works, but here's the thing that I wanted to say about Bandersnatch. Mm-hmm. I, I did not, I thought the acting was good. The scenario was good. I wouldn't say that I necessarily enjoyed the experience that much hmm. because I wasn't that into the, the show, but as a technology, as a platform to do stuff, Merlin, I found it fascinating mm-hmm. uh, because really provoking. It really does keep you engaged. It keeps you focused. It keeps you watching. And, uh, and, but there's weird things about it too, is one of the things I really enjoy is like watching shows with my family, whether it's just me and my boy or all of us together watching a show together. uh, That that's a fun thing. It's impossible mm-hmm. to watch this with other people because you're going to want to do different things based on who you are, you know? Right. Um, and so it, it's not like, well, you pick this choice and I'll pick the next. That's kind of dumb. I, you kind yeah. of, it, it becomes a very personal sort of a narrative. But if you think about this, that it, it's pure genius because it really does keep you watching. It keeps you engaged. It keeps you wanting to interact in a way that, doesn't feel so much like a game per se it does you know you do feel like you have some kind of input into what's going on but 
I don't know. I really think there's something here. I think we're going to see, I don't think this is just an mm-hmm. experiment. I think we're going to see more of this. And the hmm. fact that Netflix had to build this technology into all of their clients, you know, they had to build they it. They wouldn't in, do that for one time. No way. Um, and I'm curious to know if it, you know, if it's just Netflix that will do this kind of thing. But what if, what if you don't like the way that a story's going and you're like, Oh no, I can't believe, I can't believe she did that. Can you believe that? No, I wish she would do something different. Like you can make them do something different. And that's, that's fascinating. I think this it's, is the start of something. Sorry. I'm sorry. No, I'm done. It's also an opportunity to partially upend the idea of a season. Yeah. Um, and the, the downside of this is I'm not sure how you make this thing go viral unless it's just viral because each one's so different. But it would be very interesting if we're getting if we're getting away from the idea of like what even is a season of TV anymore? You have limited series. You have some things that are 13 episodes, some things that are 10, some things that are eight, some things that are five, some things that are four, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. If instead we said like, okay, well here's your latest uh, choose your own adventure, let's call it movie or mini season. Like you, I I don't know how much more work is involved with that, but it's real interesting to think about this dropping on a Friday night and everybody having a different experience by Sunday afternoon. Yeah. What happened and comparing notes and going back and wanting to do it again. Or, or being able to say, how did you get that ending? I made similar decisions, but I didn't see that. Now I want to go back and watch it again and go through it again to get that ending that I missed. And what's interesting about it being, um, a Black Mirror thing in this case is that it's anthology. Like you could not do a season of Game of Thrones that way. It would just be too costly. Right. You couldn't have something where sometimes three dragons died and sometimes one dragon died. Like that would be very expensive. Right. Um, but you could certainly do something very interesting with an anth- anthology show. That's the equivalent of a 60 or 90 minute show like right. Snatch. Right. Yeah. Right. And I, I hadn't thought about that, but I take your point, like to come up with that technology and push it into all uh, so many of their clients on different devices, mm-hmm. that's probably not a small amount of work. No, I don't and think how so. Seamless, how seamlessly the story, it doesn't glitch like you're doing it on a <laughs> like Laserdisc trivia game. <laughs> right, a Dragon's Lair. Or that VHS game where you have like <laughs> guess the scene from the movie and mm-hmm. now fast forward to here. It, I, I've seen pretty seamless to me. Mm, totally if seamless. You, if you choose in the amount of time the little thing is moving, it's seamless. Like it's, I guess they'd cut on edit, but it's still beautiful. You know? mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's an interesting idea. I hadn't thought of it that way. I thought part of the appeal of it without saying too much here is the meta-ness mm-hmm. of yes. the story. Yes. I might go back to it. I just, like I said last time, I watched what I felt like could be three endings of it, but I mm-hmm. didn't know. And I just didn't want to have my whole weekend go with basically playing the last eighth of a maze game. Yeah, it it can kind of feel like that. Uh, But what I was thinking of doing was watching it with my wife in the evening and letting her let her her drive, let her drive. Yeah. Now that I've kind of been through it, you know, I'll I'll enjoy her choices and see where that goes. Did you ever try picking a different cereal? Uh, No, I haven't. I'm curious what happens if I pick the other cereal or the other music, which which, is cereal the first one. Cereal is the first one, and then mu- music is the second when he gets on the mm-hmm. bus. What did, Thompson what Twins did, all the way. Yeah, I had to pick Thompson Twins My girlfriend also. passed out at a Thompson Twins concert. It was pretty crazy. Thompson Twins in Berlin. Really? Well, well, well I'm that old. Well, you know, I may do it again. I may do it again. My kid's at camp. I got nothing to do. I got nothing to do. Now, what are you going to do kids at camp? No. Well, you know. Does it surprise you to know I've been in my underwear this whole time? Well, you know, because you told me at the beginning of the show. Um, so you've been thinking about it the whole time that I'm in my underwear. It's not, I'm not just bringing that idea back to you at this point. It's I haven't been, top of mind for you. I haven't been thinking about it. Is it something you could unthink? 
Well, I don't know how squeaky. to unthink anything. Yeah. Don't, don't think of an elephant. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> hmm. Okay. Uh, let's button this up. All right. Okay. I love you. Love you too, Merlin, man. <laughs>